This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Melinda Hale, actress, singer, activist, and more. Yes, multi-hyphenate. <laughs> I mean, you are just like a creative powerhouse. You use your voice in such profound ways. My goodness. It is such an honor to have you on. I have been looking forward to this talk for months, really. Yeah. And, you know, in that time since I, I found you, <laughs> found your account, found you, um, <laughs> I've just had such a pleasure to get to know at least, you know, the you that you share with the world through your podcast and your Instagram, and it is just, you are such a gift. Oh, thank you. You are such a gift. That means a lot. Thank you so much. If you could introduce yourself to the mom curious folks, and to I'm sure there are, there are your own fans who are who are popping on to, to hear this episode. If you would introduce yourself um, as you are today, that would be awesome. Yeah, of course. So I'm Melinda Hale. I am a singer, actress, uh, podcast host, activist, um, mom, wife, all the things. Um, originally from Santa Barbara, California. I live in Los Angeles now. Um, I'm involved in probably way too many things. And every time I list them, people think I'm crazy, but Mm-mm. I thrive when I'm busy. So <laughs> yeah, I, you know, being in the music industry and entertainment industry has always been my thing. I, I also run a music agency. I love giving opportunities to other people, but activism has really just been my passion and my heart for pretty much my whole life. I feel like I've been that advocate, that empathetic person that just, can hear another person's story and want to help and want to be there for them. So turning it into, um, turning my platform into a place to kind of hold space for a lot of people and have those conversations has just been something that is really important to me. And I've just used my music, even acting projects and things that I produce in my podcast as a way to continue important conversations and really give other people a platform. You do it in such a beautiful way. And, you. you know, something that you say in your bio is that you are, you know, you're a faithful Christian and that you, and much of your activism and maybe even your artistry is inspired mm-hmm. by that. And I was just yeah. wondering if you wanted to share a little bit about of course. Your, you know, your faith and how it, um, h- how it inspires your work. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in a progressive Christian household, um, really more so my mom. My dad really wasn't like a churchgoer. He was like the Christmas mm-hmm. Easter Christian. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, my mom was just such a beautiful, she still is such a beautifully spirited person, but just growing up, like she was this woman that just taught us how to love and I've never known anything else. And she was just such a great role model growing up. And and I'm so glad now that like my daughter has such a great relationship with her and my dad, because I'm seeing her go back to that woman that raised me when I was younger. Because obviously when you're in your twenties and your thirties, you come into your own and you realize things, but now seeing her with my daughter, I'm like, God, that's, that's what I got. I'm so lucky I got that. And so with my faith, you know, she just led with love and that's what I've always learned. And I think that, you know, religion and faith can get so complicated. But for me, just looking at how Jesus lived his life, I'm like, I'm going to try my best. I know it's really hard, but it really was as simple as just loving people 
and being there for them. So yeah, uh, my music, the things that I write, um, what I talk about my podcast, obviously on my platform, I really try to always lead with love and understanding because that makes for a better world first and foremost. But also it's, I'm trying to stay true to what I said I was and which is a Christian and it's following what Jesus did, which is just love people. People make it so complicated and, and that's what frustrates me. It really is at the, at the core, just loving others and being there for them. Yeah. It's so clear in your work. You know, I, I just, uh, I was preparing to meet with you today and I, my babysitter, who's just like full best, I love her so much. I was just like, there's this woman who really goes to bat for everyone. And I get to sit down and talk to her. And um, it's just really like, I, I have such like a warm heart knowing that you um, exist in the world, that mm. you that you're teaching the rest of us through your channels how to advocate not just for your own community, but for others. And I'll be specific. So, you know, I found you um, through Jews of New York. Mm. They had picked up one of your videos and you, as a beautiful black woman, mother, um, actress, activist, really stood in your power and said, anti-Semitism is, is wrong and we have to stand up for our Jewish brothers and sisters. And, you know, fortunately and unfortunately that is rare for anyone. I mean, it really doesn't matter what race, honestly, people aren't interested in standing up for Jews online unless they're Jewish. And even then it can be a little, you know, it was so moving it was so, it is so powerful. And then to learn more about you and to realize like, oh, this is part of your faith that people, people, uh, Jewish people are just people. So of course yeah. I'll go to bat for them. Absolutely. It was, it, it, it is earth shaking. And um, I just wanted to thank you for that. Oh, of course, of course. And, you know, it was very interesting and eye opening to me to realize how, little support the Jewish community actually gets. And for me, like I've, you know, grown up around Jewish people and white people and Asian people and just all kinds of people, right? So if anybody was hurting, like I would just show up for them because that's the, the heart that I had and how I was raised. But I was really, I didn't realize how much of a blind spot I had to how prevalent anti-Semitism is even today. And I think that that's one of the things that I'm really, when I do speak out for the Jewish community, that I want people to realize like, hey, they need to be included. You know, they're a marginalized group too. And I think people have this misconception of the Jewish community for the ones that are white passing, for example, that like they're they're benefiting from privilege. They're, there's no issue there. They're fine. Nobody, that's not one, the case at all. But two, even by saying that you're excluding those Jews of color Yes. that are, you know, at, that that are dealing with this anti-Semitism as well. And so, racism. And racism, right. And so misogyny. It, it's just all of you it, know? all of it, right. It's yeah. just, I mean, yeah. just getting thrown it from all different angles. So me speaking out is not only trying to educate others, but also being humble in saying like, I wasn't even aware of this. And I'm very much the person that once you know better, you have to do better because like, why wouldn't you want to, right? So I was really, it was really heartbreaking for me to see that there really hasn't been 
any support for the Jewish community. And usually when um, some of my Jewish friends have spoken up, like they feel like people are just putting their fingers in their ears. Like, eh, we don't want to hear it. It's fine. You're, you guys are yeah. fine. What are you complaining about? Right. So I hope that with all of the horrible things that have been happening, that, you know, it's a shame. You don't want bad situations to happen for people to realize, like with George Floyd, for example, I think that was finally a, a light bulb for so many people to realize that the black community has been saying this for such a long time. I mean, even since you go back to the nineties with Rodney King, like police brutality has been a thing. We've been talking about it. Right. So unfortunately, and fortunately, as you said, I hope that with all of these situations that have been happening with anti-Semitism, that people are finally like, Oh, this is an issue. Oh, my Jewish friends are scared. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. they are marginalized. They are, you know, they do suffer at the hands when this anti-Semitism is serious. So I just hope to, you know, continue to get more people to speak out. And, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that has an issue being one of the only ones. It just makes me sad when I am. Yeah. Do you think your perspective as a, a Black woman in America... Mm, makes you sort of understand this what it sort of what it feels like why it's important to speak up your place in this world almost like you know it was divinely given your voice yeah yeah no I do I actually just literally had this conversation that I feel like most black women just have this natural empathy and this um maternal nurturing trait within us Mm -hmm. Um, because unfortunately, and I have no problem, you know, calling this out when we look at a lot of the anti-Semitism that has been um, perpetrated and a lot of the rhetoric that's being spread and continued specifically in support of someone whose name I won't mention, (laughs) but it has been more from black men and I haven't Mm. seen it from black women. And I've seen a lot of black women start to stand up. And I think, you know, being a woman, we deal with misogyny. And then, of course, being Black, we deal with our race. So we understand getting um, hate, getting, um, you know, pushback, dealing with adversity in a way that some people just don't. And yeah, so I just think that we have this natural empathy to... and care and, and this like protection of, of others. Um, and we do it without being asked to, to do it. I I've noticed at least in my circles, a lot of the black women that, that I, um, am blessed to be around on a daily basis, they just will show up without being asked because they know it's the right thing to do. And, and I know again, that's how my mom was and that's how me and my sister are. And it's like, we, I can't even turn it off. Like, I can't help it. Like, my husband always tells me, he's like, you can't help but help people. Like, that's just <laughs> a part of you. And and it makes me sad when other people don't. Um, and I don't get it. I'm like, well, I don't understand why nobody's saying anything. Or I don't understand why nobody's speaking up. I just, I can't help it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, I do think that, that that's part of it for sure. I'm just wondering, you know, it's Black History Month. And we were supposed to meet last month, but <laughs> but, you know. The fates would have it that here we are. Yeah, I'm glad it's this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just wondering, how do, you know, you don't have to teach me, but if we do have this open dialogue around, like, what we can do to move the needle 
further and further and further in the direction of fairness and justice for the Black community, of goodness all around. You know, if there are hopes that you have around, I mean, passing the mic, I think that's that's something that has been suggested, right? Amplifying yeah. Black voices. But are there other ways that you're like, we're not, people aren't showing up enough and I want to see more of this? Yeah, no, I appreciate this question because, I mean, there's a long list of things we can do oh, and still need to do, right? Yeah. Um, but a couple of things that I think are helpful, obviously, like you said, passing the mic, amplifying Black voices, supporting um, Black businesses, um, creators, artists, and, 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 and that nature. But one of the things that really, and I just saw this um, on somebody else's reel, um, a couple days ago, but I think it's how we teach in schools about Black history is really, really important because that can shape your worldview in a different way, right? And it can also, again, teach more empathy and have a, a greater understanding. But I think that there's this fear in this country of teaching the truth. Okay, um, yeah. In this uh, mindset that teaching the truth is somehow telling, you know, non-Black people that they're the problem or the enemy. And it's not that. I just believe that you can't really get to a place of progress if you don't know where you're coming from, right? So if we don't tell the truth about what happened in the past, we can never really fully correct it. It's always just kind of almost there, right? So education and how Black history is taught, or just the history of this country is taught, is super important, I think, to shaping how we connect with one another, how we understand another person's culture or way of being, language, all of that. And it does start at a school level and it starts at a young level. And I do appreciate um, the attempts from a lot of progressive movements um, I, I mean, I have my criticisms too on how we're, we're doing things, but I do appreciate the attempts because I think when you expose kids in a, a safe and um, admirable way to different walks of life, different cultures, you're just teaching them how to be better humans and to respect one another and honor somebody else. So there's, for example, there's no Jewish history taught in schools, at least from my recollection, right? Why my not teach sense- that? In my son's school, for whatever reason, I I think the principal who started the school was Jewish. But in fifth grade, they have a Holocaust um, curriculum, and this is a public school, which I'm really mm. grateful for. And they it, they do. And it, here's my big question about this: I don't want to make the the black kids feel bad. I mean, or do they just all? I mean. That's, it's so sad. Like, I think about my son learning about the Holocaust. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's my thing. That's why we have to be specific about what we teach. Jewish people are more than the Holocaust. Black people are more than slavery. Right. You know what I mean? Tell me more. So we need to teach. We need to teach about the culture of the people and yes, how it may, be, may have derived from a place of pain, certain things that came to be, but focus on this aspect of it because right. black history is not slavery. <laughs> slavery Thank is actually so a much. white history thing. Oh my God. <laughs> We're going to be honest, so- right? Yeah. So- I'm sorry that I really, yeah. And I do, I do sort of equate. Yeah. I thought, I thought that's what you meant. I'm sorry. 
No, Tell and that's more. fine. That's a common, a common misconception. And like, yeah. I think that that's the problem. You know, we need to, how we talk about history and how we talk about things is what shapes your worldview. So if you're only teaching that Black people were slaves and now they're not, that's what a, you're shaping a child's worldview about Black people in that sense. Rather than teaching them these Black people contributed these inventions to the country or they shaped me, the music industry in this way or they, you know, provided, um, you know, any industry, what, what their contributions were. Like, let's focus on that stuff because it is beyond slavery. It is beyond the civil rights movement. If you're only learning about Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King and sometimes Frederick Douglass, that's all you're going to think that that's Black people have contributed, right? All you are taught when it comes to Jewish Americans is about the Holocaust, then you're yeah. like, what? You know what I mean? Also, it's just like too much. <laughs> like, well, I feel embarrassed that that is the first thing I think about with the, with the two cultures, to be honest, when it comes to education and public schools. Like, and I can't be the only one. So I'm glad it was voiced. For sure. And um, the it's, yeah, there is so much more to learn. There is so much more to learn, but I guess we're just busy learning about white America. <laughs> yeah. We're really yes. busy. Yeah. We're really busy with that. Wow. Yeah. 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 Okay. So on the on that very basic level, we need to start with our children and education. Yeah. You know, we yeah. think about this all the time, like when it comes to like respectful parenting or parenting peacefully, like we have to know, just like you said, in your 20s and 30s, you have some realizations like, oh, mom missed the mark. <laughs> and then, okay, we need to know that in order that so that we can make better decisions moving forward. Collectively, yeah. that's the case too. So it's yeah. not, you know, when we talk about education, yes, we need a holistic view and we need a holistic view. The, which means the bad stuff too. If people sure. keep hearing, if people keep hearing about the Jewish community or the black community about our traumas, they're gonna turn off their brains. Yes, children you become desensitized handle, to it. Yeah, they can only handle so much. Yeah. Agreed. So I really appreciate that. Thank you for that. Just of course. Yeah, education. I mean, Truth education is just so important. We just have to be very particular about how we educate others. You know, and I'm not saying to not share the, the pain and the suffering. That's like the starting point, but that should be just like 1% of the situation. Then, okay, they went through this, but look how much they've thrived since. Look what they've overcome. Look what they've contributed to the country that didn't want them, that tried to push them away. And this is for both of our communities because even when Jewish, the Jewish people came over here from Nazi Germany, like, they, they were, they were excommunicated and again, wanted to be pushed away too. You know, all of that. We need to learn how people have thrived and what they've done since the pain and the trauma. That's well, I mean, that's important. the hero's journey, right? I mean, what a beautiful way to teach children resilience, actually. Yes, yes. Because we all do feel um, different, alienated, kind of, I think, weird when we're kids, you know? yeah. It's a beautiful, it's a, it's a beautiful education that no, in the public schools, they're not, they're not really teaching. Oh no. Oh no. How would we even change that? We, I mean, one my sister is, is a teacher, but getting curriculum approved, especially in, you know, certain states, especially when they're starting to ban more things, it's, I don't know how, how it will happen or when it could happen, but I really, 
um, I admire the teachers that do try. I really, really do admire those teachers because it's brave. It is brave to take a risk and say, hey, I'm actually going to teach you this today, even though this is what the curriculum says I'm supposed to be teaching you. And there's a test at the end of this that we have to make sure we can pass. But even in the private schools, you know, you said something so um, important, like just because we're teaching about Black history doesn't mean we're vilifying white people. Yes. We don't have to be so polarizing about this. Correct. That's what, you know, white supremacy would have us believe is that, oh no, if we give voice to a whole community that's worthy of a voice, then it somehow makes us bad, makes us wrong, makes us, I don't know, embarrassed, shameful. Yeah. What if it has nothing to do with you? Exactly. What if if you don't have to be centered at all? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Beautiful point. (laughs) You were telling me all the the ways that we can support the black community. Yes. Um, So if there, if there are other points, I wanted to give you the that opportunity. No, for sure. I know. I kind of went on a tangent with education, but something else. No, but so did I. I'll tell you what, we went on a tangent. We went on a tangent because I wrongfully was like, oh, we're only talking about slavery and the Holocaust. And that's not the case. It was a good tangent. Yeah. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, just as I was saying, you know, just supporting black creators and, and black voices and uplifting. I think that's just the number one thing that we can do. And there's so many opportunities to do it. Um, I know we can talk about the good and the bad of social media, but I actually think that that's such a positive because it's the easiest way to share another person's voice and another person's point of view and platform. So as much as you can, and not just this month, share no. other perspectives and, and and thoughts and cultures and identities and viewpoints as often as you can. Help alter and shape other people's worldview, you know? Again, create that empathy within each other because it's so, so important. And be open so many people are so afraid to be open to, to hear another person's experience for fear of probably how it might reflect on them or maybe they've done something wrong in the past or whatever. But being open to hearing um, a person of color's perspective, sharing it, having a conversation, opening that dialogue, that to me is the best way that you can support uh, the Black community at this time. You know, um, my sister yesterday was telling me like, oh, Danny, I love what you're doing online. She doesn't talk like that at all, but she sort of sounded <laughs> like that in my head. But she, I was like, so why don't you like my stuff? Why don't you comment? You know, and I, I'm just thinking about how you're saying like share. And some people aren't sharers, right? They won't like share on their stories and that's okay. And maybe they feel shy to comment. And I don't know, maybe they don't want their name on a like. But if you save a post... You see, there there are ways that that you could support the creators that are um, putting out goodness into the world in ways that you don't even realize that are actually pretty supportive. Like, hey, yeah. if there's someone with a with a Venmo handle that you're like, thank you for educating me. Here's some money, or they have a yes. Patreon, or and and they're monetizing their work. Please do, you know, um, you know, meet their output with yeah, with those some are all money. great. Yeah. But even just liking and commenting and sh- and sharing, as you said, and saving these posts, what it helps do is it helps push the message forward. So if you believe yeah. in what someone's saying, if you're grateful for their voice, if you feel a call to, you know, support them, there are really easy, free 
ways to do that without just Absolutely scrolling free, by. Yes. And, I mean, there's this so, so, so free. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like when you, you know, when you're able to like ingest their work, their goodness, their heart. Okay. So just do one click of the thumb. You don't right. need to be, it doesn't need to be a public gesture. Even just the save on a post, it actually really can it help. It makes a difference. Yeah. It absolutely. really does make a difference. It does. It does. How do you feel about being a mom and an activist? How do the two um, identities sort of coexist for you? I think that they coexist beautifully. And I say that because I don't want to raise a child in a world that I'm not trying to make the safest and best place for her. And so even though this is who I was before her, I'm definitely like <laughs> deep into it now that I have her because I I want to make sure that I'm doing everything possible to set her up for success in the world in the sense of being able to deal with any form of racial adversity that she might come across or misogyny that she might come across or anything with her identity that she may be dealing with later on in life. I want to make sure that one, she knows she's in a loving, welcoming, affirming household, no matter who she grows up to be, but also to be the person that my mom was to me, I want to be to my daughter. And I think it's, you know, my version, of, I guess, paying it forward, you know, everything that, that my mom taught me and, and showed me, um, she was an example and I want to be that for my daughter as well. So being an activist, advocating for other people, showing up for others, like those are some of the most important lessons that I'm going to teach her because I want her to do that as well and understand why it's important to show for other people and not expect anything in return. I think also going back to my, my faith, you know, if we truly believe like in we could, this could be a longer conversation about other things, but if people of my faith actually believe in heaven or hell, what do you honestly think is going to get you to heaven? You know what I mean? Is it judging people and not being there for them, not advocating for them, not listening to them? Or is it being the person that Jesus so clearly would be where he living in 2023, you know? And that's loving them, advocating for them, and being there and providing them what they need in whatever moment they're in. It's showing up on the front lines. So I, I take that seriously. And being a mom, I take it even more seriously. So I just want to be an example for her and hope that you know, you know, you do the best that you can with, with your child. And my mom and my dad did a great job with me and my sister. And I just want to make sure that I'm doing that with her as well. When you turn the camera on to yourself, like, are they, are those moments um, of your reels, are they like spontaneous or do you, do you write them out? You're so um, eloquent. And oh, I'm just thanks. like, was, have you always been that way? What, like, I what's have, your... honestly, oh, you have, I have. Um, I write down a couple of notes that I want to say just so I, I can remember. Um, I don't know if you have, do you have kids? Um, I have two kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you know, your memory goes. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's so... a, it's, it's a puddle up there. It's a pink puddle. 
people don't get it, I'm like, I will go into rooms and like, I have no idea why I walked into this room. But when you become a mom, literally your memory goes to crap. So I have to write things down or I will forget. But for the most part, I am just speaking from my heart and just how I feel in the moment. Um, But yeah, I feel like I've always just been a good speaker in that sense. And I definitely get that from my mom as well. She was an educator and speaker. So I, I get a lot of my, I, I owe a lot to her for sure. Now that my my dad's like probably listening like, um, hello. <laughs> my dad was great, but I got my music side from my dad. That's what we shared. He was a musician and a singer. So really? Yeah. yeah Did you guys yeah. ever sing together? Wait, not really. Sometimes like growing up and stuff, but we, you know, we had very different styles and things that we wanted to do, but we definitely share the, the love for music. And he was always, he's always been so supportive of, of my music career. Yeah. It's amazing. You do do a lot, don't you? I mean, I think you just have, you seem to have like a lot of energy. Um, (laughs) But, you know, people always ask, you know, and they asked me one of the first um, episodes of this podcast was a solo. And one of the questions that came in is like, how do you do it all? And I snapped back and I was like, I don't do it all. Let it be known that doing it all. We cut it. Oh my gosh. Question and we cut that answer. Hilarious. Um, It was a little too, um, I was a a little, it was a little too much. But I, I, you know, it is a real question. Like, how do you do what you do? How are you able to show up the way you are? Oh, I know. People ask me this often and I really don't know how to answer this question. I mean, maybe Um, some people just have more of a capacity. I don't know. I do. And I think what is important to note, though, is that I also know my limit. So I I do a lot. I thrive when I'm busy. I like being busy. I like having a full schedule. I like having to-do lists. I like checking them off. Mm. But I also know when I need to take a break. Like just this week, like I haven't really even posted on social media and it's been refreshing. But yeah, it's, it's knowing my limits too, knowing when I need to take a break. Uh, self-care is really important to me. Um So that's how I am able to do all of the things that I do is just knowing when to hit the pause button, knowing when to just take a bubble bath and read a book, you know, things like that are important. And I think that we're, we're in the society that makes us feel like we have to be doing all the things all the time. And we have to, you know, be like Beyonce and Oprah and never stop, but I'm sure they take a break. We just don't see it. Um, And it's, it's just important to remember that you, you do have enough time. And it's okay. Like whatever you're trying to accomplish, you have enough time. There's no time limit on on success. So there's no time limit on um, building, well, I should say building relationships, but you know what I mean. I know you know what I mean when I'm saying that. Um, you mean like networking, which is a, yeah, which is a real that. thing. Like, there's no time. there's no time limit. It's okay. Like you, if you don't want to go to that event tomorrow, go to something next week or whatever the case may yeah. be. But I know that if I'm not in a healthy place, in a centered place, in a calm place, I, there's nowhere that I could show up that I would be okay if I'm not there. So I had to learn that it's okay to say no, which took me a long time to realize because you think you have to say yes to every opportunity, yes to everything. Or if I say no, this is going to be my last chance. Not true. And these are lies that we're fed, um, especially just being in the entertainment industry. You really get made to feel like if you're not 21 and like a hundred pounds, like you're not going to be successful and you're never going to make it. Right. And yeah, that's just here we are. so false, but here we are. 
But here we are. But here you know, we are. Yeah. I think about that all the time, like with the the weird the weird Hollywood ideas. First of all, journeyman actors, like just artists. You know, yeah. we don't have to be like like the most famous people in the world. We can just do our art one yes. foot in front of the other. Yeah. Yeah. And it's actually not less for anyone pressure else, for when you're controlling self. it. Yes. Tell me more. Yeah. Tell me more about that the control bit. Yeah, when when you're controlling what you do, there's just I don't know, for me there's a sense of peace because I really only have to be the only one that is happy. <laughs> that's what matters. And if I'm happy with it, then that's great. If I reach people, great. If other people love what I'm doing, great. But at the end of the day, if I'm able to, you know, sleep well because I'm proud of what I did and I accomplished what I wanted to, that's what matters. And again, it took me a long time to realize because I thought I had to conform. I thought I had to do this, thought I had to do that. It's all lies, all lies. So once we learn that we can control our own fate, we can control our destiny, we can manifest things for ourselves and, and create our own careers and our own paths, you're a lot happier when you're not trying to please other people or you know, do what you think the next best thing is. There's, listen, and I'm sure you know this as a, as a, as a podcast host, you're going to find your audience no matter what. You w- there are going to be people that latch on to you and what you do. And those are your people. And those are your people. Yeah. And that's who, whatever platform you have, you cater to in, in the sense of your content. That's who you direct your conversations to. And I've learned that with my music, with my activism, that the people that really get something from me that's who I'm supposed to be reaching. The people who tell me, hey, you said something on your podcast or you said something in one of your reels that I never thought of. Thank you. That's who I'm supposed to be reaching, right? And that's that's just the most important thing in the world to me. And it takes a lot. You get into your 30s. I'm not sure how old you are, but now that I'm in my 30s, like, how old are you? I'm 38 years old. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're only a year year older than me. I'm going to be 37 this year. But when you get into your 30s, you look back in your 20s, at least this was my experience. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time like worrying about these things that essentially don't matter, right? But it's because I mean, we've been told my weight, that they matter. Oh my gosh, like the hun- the 100 pound actor thing <sighs> yeah. seems so important. And I couldn't even enjoy having such a fit body. Right. a healthy fit body i couldn't even really enjoy it right right and now that like yeah. we're moms and we've had kids you like i saw i feel like i saw this um this meme or it was like it was like something like i wish i didn't spend like my skinny years thinking that i was fat yeah i know we had um a, a dear you know old director of mine came on i think it was like the second season of the show her name is Eleanor Risa. She's amazing. She wrote a beautiful book. Anyway, she's about, I don't know, she must be 60-something years old, maybe maybe 70, no, in her 60s. And she was just like, oh, God, I just wasted all this time thinking I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Like, I was good enough. I look at pictures, and I was pretty. Mm-hmm. I, I also feel that way. I'm like, oh, yeah. my God. I just, like, was so... I hypnotized. I couldn't even see what was right in front of me. A beautiful, yeah. talented. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. that's the thing. Now we know that we still are those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. 
Yeah, in a different know? way. And, and exactly in a different way. And I, you know, obviously having a kid and your body changes, but like, I love how I am now. And, I, and it, it is what it is, you know, and I'm, I'm confident. I have clothes that fit me. I look good. Like that's what matters. But yeah, when I was 23, oh my God, <laughs> like, you know, it was you just a waste be stressing of about it, eating a carrot and just doing all the dumbest things that you didn't need to do. I think you're those beautiful are, as you are. I think that's like, that's some crazy misogyny, patriarchal. Cra- that's just, oh, yeah. I mean, that's oh, a girl. great way to keep women in their place is to like have them ca- constantly counting calories. Yes. How do we, yes. how do we tie up all of that brain power? How do we shut them up? Okay. <laughs> right? I mean, it takes right. so much oh, energy to be at the gym all day, to be hungry. Yeah. Man, yeah. What does self-care look for you, um, like look like for you these days? Well, as I mentioned, taking baths is a huge Love thing a in my household. <laughs> Love a bath. Love a bath. Love a bath. Love a nap. And I try to tell my daughter, like, take your naps. Trust me, you're not going to get you're not going to get time to do them later. So if I'm able to take a nap, I will because they are very, very special to me at this time. But um, really watching bad movies is self-care Ooh. to me. And I know that sounds funny, but like I love a good, ridiculous Lifetime movie that is predictable and I know exactly what they're going to say. Um, my Lifetime? And I went- really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, girl. Lifetime Just and Hallmark. Like- Really? Is this like how some people watch like Real Housewives? And I'm like, yeah, I I guess it's kind of my my reality show. I can't, I'm not a reality show person. I really can't get into that. I really can't get into it. It really like, it feels like, why are they yelling at like the yelling? (laughs) I I don't understand. People love it. I mean, God bless you. I'm sure there are lots of people listening that are just like, oh, I love it. I'm like, I don't. But also, Lifetime. It's so interesting. I have a friend who's very excited about all those murder mysteries. Like oh, yeah. she just will just um, to veg out to feel relaxed in her skin. She's Isn't watching it crazy, like like axe murderers. I I mean, this happens. I think this is like the latent rage of women is like they like watching <laughs> these crazy things. But you don't seem to have that. You're just a little love bug. With your lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I just enjoy it. I love the ridiculous scripts. I love the predictable lines. It just, it feeds my soul. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad. I know it's so different for everybody, but everybody has their thing. But yeah, baths and just outdoors going for walks and stuff, but watching just bad movies. I Mm, love it. I love it. I'm so happy for you. You really do (laughs) have... It's so funny because like... um, the way people talk about self-care is so silly to me. It's like with the masks and the gua sha and that, you know, it's like, come on. Like, what do you what, do for self-care? What do I do? Yeah. I don't know. What do I do? <laughs> I meditate. Oh, that's good. I love a good meditation. Yeah. Um, I love therapy. I love therapy. I've been really rigorous about going on dates with my husband which hasn't happened for a long time because we were like so in it with the kids for sure that feels like self-care when I advocate for that when I like make a a priority when I take a night out yeah those things feel like self-care to me but I ask because you really do have this very magnetic quality when you do um 
show your show yourself on your your channels and this like really calming soothing even when you're like telling us what's up you know you're like even even when you're giving it to us yeah. um uh, and i it's it's fun to hear that it's bads in lifetime <laughs> <laughs> and purpose i mean really it's also just purpose you're living for your sure. life's purpose for sure yeah. yeah, but the Lifetime movies, they help. <laughs> yeah, they totally help. And, you know, the other thing is, like, the the, um, the remembrance that, like, will find you. And I did, you know. I really sought you out more than more than once. I was like, when when are we going to do it? And blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. Because the way you show up is in such integrity. And it's nice to hear that it's um, self-motivated. It's not for anyone else. It's like you yeah. know that you're doing what's right in the world and it makes you feel... Good. Yeah. It makes me absolutely. feel good knowing that too. And I, I'm I'm really learning from you. Oh, so thank you. That means thank a lot. you for it your work. Really. Of course. Well, did we cover all the ways, not probably not all the ways, but some of the ways that we can continue to support each other? I you know, I am dear friends with um Chen Mazig and he was on your <sighs> podcast Love recently him. and you guys talked about like black and Jewish unity. And it yes. was, it was, it went strong for so long. Yeah. And, yeah. um, yeah, it's just so important. It's so, it's particularly in the United States. Very much so. That's something I'm very passionate about. Um, really, again, goes back to that empathy. If there are any two groups that should be able to unite and understand each other, it is the black community and the Jewish community. And I hate seeing any form of, division and and oddly enough a lot of the biracial people that i know are black and jewish oh um, wow yeah, well, i'm not which surprised is really beautiful yeah i'm not yeah. surprised, oh, I'm not surprised because there was deep love there has been yes. deep love and affection yes. for so long yes yes and i just yeah. want to get back to that um so anything i can to continue to push that forward again um i'm gonna do it because i think it's so important so am i <laughs> So am I. I am here for it. And I'm grateful for you. Um, I feel so, you know, it's like a, you're like a sister, like a, an actor, singer, advocate, podcaster, <laughs> sister on the other side yeah. of the country. Yeah. So whatever you ever need, you know, from, from me sitting here in Brooklyn, I'm, I'm here to, to amplify your voice, to share your message. Thank you. And um, to cheer you on. I'm so grateful well, for same. you. Thank same. you. Of course. Thank you so much. Where can we find you if, um, if for those people who are listening that, that don't already know you? Absolutely. We can go to my website, melindahale.com, M-A-L-Y-N-D-A-H-A-L-E. And then all of my socials are very simple, just at Melinda Hale. <laughs> very, very simple. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. But my website has everything as well. So please follow me and reach out because I love having conversations and meeting new people. Yeah. And all that sharing and liking and commenting and blah, blah, blah. I know it sounds silly, but it makes a difference, actually. It does. It does. It means that more Especially people get positive to hear. messages, which is all I'm trying to, to spread. Yeah. Thank you for that. Of course. All right, friends. Goodbye. Have a great day. Goodbye.